on Portland Driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today is another in my series, 10 Things Every Game Needs. So I've talked about goal or goals. I've talked about rules. I've talked about interaction. Today we get to the catch-up feature. Okay, so I'm not sure if there's a better name for this category than the catch-up feature. Uh, when you talk about game design, this is the term that gets used. But I'm going to broaden it a little bit today. Really what I'm talking about with this mechanic or with this element of game design is you need to give your player investment slash engagement. So here's a little secret. When you design a game, you are trying to make sure the, the group as a whole is having fun. But each individual player is judging the game on did they have fun? Was it enjoyable for them? If people play a game and all their friends are having a wonderful time, but they're not, they don't walk away from the game necessarily going, that was an awesome game. Um, so one of the things that's very important is you want to make sure that everybody playing the game has some investment in the game. And that's really, really important. Um, and part of what the catch-up feature is, is really talking about how can we make sure that there's investment? How do we keep people invested? Now, um, number one, I mean, I'll talk about this a little more today, but number one is, um, can they win? That's the easiest way to keep them invested, which is, what can I do to win the game? The second that somebody feels they can't win, that they are out of it, if you will, it is very hard to stay invested. Um, so there's an, uh, something Richard used to call king-making. So back in the day, I talked about this in some previous podcasts, we used to have a, a, a folder called Kickshaw, where R&D would talk about different game design issues. And one of the ones is we talk about different pitfalls games would fall into. So one of the pitfalls is something Richard called king-making. What king-making means is I can't win the game, but I get to pick who does win the game. And that is very frustrating for all sorts of people. A, I can't win anymore. That's frustrating. And whether or not someone else wins is dictated on me and how I feel. Um, rather than what they do, it's sort of like, have they made me want to help them win? Um, and there's politics and group games, obviously. Um, but king-making is kind of a problem. You don't want people feeling helpless. Um, the other thing is that you don't want someone feeling like, I'm out of this game, I've completely lost, yet I still have to play the game. Um, one of the tips, and I've talked about this before, uh, if you are going to keep somebody from being able to win, if they get to a point where basically they can't win, look, eject them from the game. It is much kinder as a game designer to kick them out than to make them play when they cannot win. Anybody who is playing the game, and this is an important rule of today's thing, if your player is playing the game, they should be able to win. That doesn't mean they have to have a great chance of winning. It doesn't mean that... You know, the games don't necessarily have to be random. I don't want to be like anybody at any moment can win. But anybody who's in the game has to feel like there has a chance. So the first thing that this, this feature does, the catch-up feature, is it gives hope to the players. You need hope. You need to believe like you have a chance. Now, you don't need a lot of hope. Hope, hope, you, just a little hope goes a, goes a long way. Um, what you want is, you want to make sure that every player has they can dream up a scenario by which they can win. It doesn't mean the scenario has to be super likely, but at least there's a chance. There's something they can hope for. There's something that could happen that would allow them to win the game and get back in the game. Um, and there's a bunch of different ways. We'll get into that, how you do that, but there's a bunch of different ways. Okay, another thing that having a catch-up feature does for you is it can help create tension in the game. 
Because if you know that other players, you know, one of the things you want to make sure is you want to make sure that they're that a game, that everybody who's playing the game has to worry about the other people playing the game. That what makes a game fun, having one player walk away with the game is not particularly fun. I'm going to win. I know I'm going to win. Everyone else knows I'm going to win. Not particularly a fun time. I mean, maybe, maybe it's fun for the guy who's way ahead, maybe. Um, but it is not fun for anybody else. And even the guy who's way ahead, if he doesn't feel like there's any threat from anybody else, it's really not nearly as fun. Um, another thing is, and you'll notice a lot of these things I'm naming, like surprise, are elements, other elements of my top ten things you need. So one of the things hopefully you'll get as I go through the series is these are all interconnected. The reason you want one thing connects to another. Hey, having a catch-up feature helps have surprise in your game. Surprise is important. We haven't got to surprise yet, but we will. Um, but you want your players to not quite know what's going to happen. That You want a little bit of, oh, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? And part of that is, hey... Is this, are one of these players going to get a little lucky or do something, or am I going to get unlucky? Is something going to happen that would allow somebody else who right now is behind to catch up? Another really important thing that a catch-up feature does is it creates interaction. One of the things, and once again, this is another one of the top ten things, uh, ten things you need, is you want the players to feel like they're not playing solitaire, that they're, they're having an interaction with other players. And one of the ways to do that is to have... The catch-up feature allows other players to feel like, oh, I have to worry about these other people. Maybe I'm in the lead, but just because I'm in the lead doesn't mean I'm safe, that other people can do things that might affect me. Okay, flavor. Sometimes the catch-up feature, um, not always, but a lot of times it can be dripping with flavor, where it really makes a lot of, it adds a lot to the game that the reversals and stuff can happen, that somebody can catch up, and that a lot of times it can reinforce the flavor in a way that is um, a lot of fun, you know. Um, I know, like Monopoly, for example, a lot of it's a lot of you know. You get the the community chance cards, you know. You, you get the cards, things happen, and that there's a lot of flavor that can come from there. Oh, why did bad things happen to you? Well, this thing happened, and you know, stuff like that can happen. And so um, you'll notice in a lot of games when. When they add the catch-up feature, they always, a lot of times they'll add a little story to it. Well, here's what happened. Here's why you got unlucky or someone else got lucky. Um, and so the catch-up feature has a bit of ability to build flavor into it. Um, also, there definitely is some fun. Um, so, for example, uh, I'll, I'll use another one. So another thing we talk about is having a hook. Sometimes your catch-up feature can be your hook. So I use the game Sorry as a good example of a game built around its catch-up feature. So for those that have never played the game Sorry, it's a pretty straightforward game. Uh, it's a roll, it's, it's a board game with a roll and move, where you have a dice, you roll, you move so many spaces. Essentially, it's a race. You're racing against the other players. And there's not that much interaction in the game. I'm trying to do my thing before you do your thing. But, and this is really what makes the game the game, there's a mechanic that says, if I land on your piece, you have to go back to the beginning. And you're supposed to say sorry, which is an important part. So whenever I hit you, you go, sorry! Um, and there is, I mean, sorry is not the most breathtakingly great game, but I will admit, when you roll the die and you hit your, your player, you get to go, sorry, that is fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun as a kid, and I played with my kids, and you know what? It, it can be fun. The catching feature can be a lot of fun, um, especially if it's built into the game in some way where there's a moment that happens. And sorry, like just even having to say the word sorry, there's something about that that is very fulfilling. I don't know why. Um, but, it's, you know, there, 
the, the ketchup feature can help you have a hook. It can help you. It can be fun, especially if there's some anticipation. I know in the game side, for example, whenever you roll, you know, you're always like, oh, is there a chance? Can I do this? And it very much is a focal point. Okay, I need to roll five. And I roll five, I got to make him go back. Oh, I rolled a five. Sorry. You know. Also, the ketchup feature can be very involved with strategy. Um, one of the things that can happen is part of learning to play the game is learning how to either catch up or to stay ahead. And so it's also possible the ketchup feature can very much become part of the strategy of the game. And finally, um, there's definitely some inertia that happens with the catch-up feature. Um, part of what goes on is, part of controlling how the game's going to end is, um, as I'll get to, there's a bunch of ways you can do that that not only helps the game end, but increases the chance of, of something catching up. Okay, so let's talk about how to make a catch-up feature. Okay, we've talked about why you want a catch-up feature. It does a lot of good things. It, it definitely helps the game, keeps people invested, keeps them engaged. And there's a lot of components you can mix with it to do interesting things. But how, what, functionally speaking, what do you need to do? Okay, so catch-up features fall into two distinct categories. A, you can help players um, make huge gains, or you can help players get knocked down. So there's sort of a positive catch-up feature, which means players can dream of, ooh, I can make a big jump or something can happen, or... There's the negative catch-up feature, whereas I, the guy I'm going to lead, something bad can happen to me. Sometimes the game does it to me. Sometimes other players do it to me. So let's walk through them. Okay. So let's start with the huge games. So the first one, and this is what Magic uses, is what I call a power slope. And what that means is the way the game works is the power level of the game ramps up during the course of the game. So what happens is things become more and more powerful as the game goes along. What that means is the ability to have swings just increases. We'll take a look at Magic. Magic is a perfect example of this. Magic has a mana system. The mana system controls how big a spells you can get. So in the early game, you can only play small spells. There's only so much that you can do in the early game. But later in the game, as the spells get bigger and bigger, they can have larger and larger effects. So one of the things Magic does is, if I get ahead, okay, I'm ahead of you, but as the game progresses, the ability to do wild, crazy things gets higher and higher. So the ability to make the change just goes up over time. You know? and, that, and that, I think, is, is um, it's a very... It's something that is, is subtle but important is that if you can sort of have your power level grow with the game, it allows you to just have larger swings later in the game. And that means anybody, anybody has the hope of drawing the thing they need. You know, one of the things about Magic is that like, the whole catch-up feature is about making sure the player has hope. The, the player has some moment where they can go, come on. In Magic, that moment is drawing the card. Okay, I have cards in my deck that could do this. I have a card that can do what I need to do. Come on, did I draw that card? Yes, no, did I draw it? You know, there's, a, there's, there's tension, there's an amazing moment there. Now, in other games, it could be rolling the dice. in something like backgammon or... It, you know, there, there are other factors where there's some moment where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm drawing a card off a, like in Monopolator, I'm, I'm doing something where I'm not quite sure of the outcome, and that that outcome could help me go my way. Another thing that you can do is what we call a giant burst, where is just somebody can get super lucky and get a huge win game. So the classic example of that. And funny, the classic example of that wasn't even originally part of the game it comes in, which is free parking in Monopoly. So free parking is, 
uh, every time people pay a fine, it goes to free parking. And if someone lands on free parking, they get all this money. Um, and like I said, originally free parking was not, this rule was not even originally part of Monopoly. But it really, Monopoly needed the catch-up feature. And so it became a house rule, so much so that eventually this became part of the rules. And the reason is, I just, I have this dream that I can win this money. Most people aren't going to get it. And even if I win it, sometimes it's not necessarily a lot of money. But it can be, and I have a dream, and I can hope for it, you know. And every time I go around the board, it's like, okay, if I roll the right number, I can, you know, I can get a boost that will help me back in this game. Um, and the, the big thing about the giant burst is, um, it's the same reason people play the lottery, which is that there's just, there's a lot of hope in the huge gain. That there's this moment, I could have this thing, and wow, that would put me back on the map. That would really be something that would help me. Okay, come on, come on. Focus, focus, focus. Okay, next are what I call collect me's, which is another way to make it is to say there's component pieces that if put together can be very potent. And so the idea is, oh, well, if I can collect the right combination of things, oh, by putting them together, I get something very potent. Uh, Monopoly is another good example here, which is I'm getting properties. But Monopoly has a neat thing that says, oh, well, if I get the three, usually three, sometimes two, but if I get the right properties together, all of a sudden, oh my God, it's much more powerful. And so I have this dream of if I can collect the right number of things, the right combination of things, I can gain power. That's another way to sort of do a power slope is to say there's component pieces that I might want to do. And then now, now what's different there is it's kind of like the giant burst moment, but it's personalized. I have you know, two of the yellow properties, I need the third yellow property. For me, landing on the yellow property might be like landing on free parking, that there's a big, a big turn that will happen. Um, also, we'll, we'll get to that. The, the Monopoly has both sides. If I can hope to get the thing I need, but then I can hope my opponent does it. So we'll get to the negative stuff in a second. Um, another thing that can happen is you can have a, what I call a power-up goal which is there could be something that says, built into the game that says, okay, there's a chance for something, a swing to happen, but it's not random. You have to earn it. You have to get there. Um, the classic example of this would be in checkers. So checkers, if I can get my piece to the other side, you king me, and then all of a sudden, now I have a piece that has you know, more powers than the average checker piece. It can move in any direction, while checkers can only move one direction. So it's like, oh, I have this dream if I somehow can manage to accomplish this task, which is not easy because my opponent knows I have this, this goal. Likewise, they have the goal. Um, but if I manage to do it, if I'm able to do it, I get to upgrade my piece and make a more powerful piece. Um, the other thing, by the way, the last one is just if your game has built within it uh, some kind of randomness, some ability for me to get lucky, um, and there's a couple different ways to do that. One is there can just be a component to the game like dice. For example, in backgammon, the way backgammon works is you're rolling two dice and moving. But if you roll doubles, roll two of the same thing, instead of getting two increments, you get four. So the game just has this extra um, variation element, which is, okay, I can hope to get this added bonus that I can roll something that will help me even more. And that means whenever I have a turn, I have a dream of something that will make me extra lucky. You know, and so it's like, oh, come on, double sixes, double sixes. If I roll double sixes, all of a sudden, I can have a pretty wide swinging move. Um, magic is the same way. I can draw the card. You know, there's a lot of variance in the card drawing. Um, the other thing is you can have a game in which the components of the game 
have variants built into themselves. Scrabble is a good example here, which is if I can get a mix of letters that are worth a lot of points, but happen to spell a word, you know, there's potential for me to have a, a big moment because I just get the right combination of letters. You know, and either is I get a combination of letters on the board because the board has the double spaces and triple spaces. You know, I, I somehow manage to do something on the board or I manage to get the right combination of letters or some combination thereof. You know, but, but the, the, power, the chance there is I have the ability to do something awesome and that awesome thing will leap me ahead. Um, plus, Scrabble also has a rule that says if you use all your tiles, there's this extra bonus 50 points. So, um, so the Scrabble does, which is, which is important, is it says if you have this major moment, and the major moment is skill-based. I have to, I mean, part of it's luck. I have to write the right combination of letters and the right combination of board spaces. But I have the dream that there's moments in Scrabble where I use all my letters and get the bonus and hit the double word score and, and, and maybe have a few more expensive letters and just all of a sudden, you know, there's skill involved, but I can have a momentous moment where there's this huge swing because I did something really cool. Um, and the catch-up feature, like I said, it doesn't just have to be luck. It's not just like, oh, I got lucky. It could be I did an amazing, skillful thing, but the game built into it that said, hey, when you have a really skillful moment, there's a lot of payoff that can happen. Okay, that's the positive side. Now let's look at the negative side. Um, Okay, players can get knocked down. And what that means is that you, instead of the catch-up feature being player behind can catch up, player ahead can get knocked back down. Okay, first and foremost, there's just the bringing them back to your level. So that, that, that's sorry. Sorry is, um, you're ahead. Oh, no, you're not. You know, and that's a part of it can just simply be a mechanic that not, just straight up knocks them down. That I, like, um, but backhand has a similar thing, which is, um, if you have a, a piece on the board that's not protected, you don't have two, but only one, your opponent can capture it. And so there's moments based on dice roll where you have to leave yourself vulnerable. And then the opponent has a chance of, okay, I'm behind, but if I can capture them, here's the chance for me to turn it around. Um, and it creates a lot of dramatic moments. I know in, I'm sorry, in backgammon, every once in a while, you have no choice but to leave yourself vulnerable. And then your opponent goes, okay, I gotta, now I got to take advantage of the fact you're vulnerable. I got to hit it. And there creates a, a lot of the excitement in backgammon comes from those moments. Which is like, I'm ahead. Oh, but I had to leave myself vulnerable. There's a moment. Can you capture it? Can you, can you do what you need to do to make the, the, the pullback up and come around? Okay. Um, the other thing that can happen is you can have the bad luck, much like you can have the good luck, but just reverse. You can have the bad die roll. You can, um, you know, you can draw cards that do specifically negative things to you. Um, like I said, like in Monopoly, you can pull the cards... Um, and just, oh, wah, 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 something bad, you know. And a lot of games just built into it have components where something can go bad. Um, and sometimes there are even moments where, like in Cribbage, for example, if your opponent beats you by enough value, there's a scoring bonus. And so it's like, oh, did I skunk you? Did I beat you by enough that I get a bonus in scoring? So I, one of the ways for me to catch up is you just have a really bad turn. Um, the same is true in something like uh, Gin Rummy, where I just got caught with a bad hand, and the way the scoring system works is, you know, the farther ahead I am when I, when I get my gin, the more points I can get. So you just having a really unlucky turn can make a huge swing. 
Now, sometimes it might be I'm very lucky and I'm fast, but also just like, ah, you things got caught in your hand. So a lot of times, the game has built into it some means by which the opponent has the ability to get unlucky. Now, a lot of that's tied... Um, Jin's a good example where I have to get a Jin. Not only do you have to get unlucky, but you have to get unlucky when I'm being able to do what I'm able to do. Um, so there's a combination there, once again, that sometimes for luck, it's just, ah, I'm just, I, I just rolled a bad die roll. It's just randomization straight up. And sometimes it's like, oh, I had a bad series of luck, but you had a good series of luck and you capitalized on it, and that particularly punishes me. Um, same in Scrabble, for example, which is, you know, there is a double word score, a triple word score or something, and you are able to get it. Well, now I don't get it. And so, you know, my bad luck is, is not just me being unlucky, but also from you capitalizing on what you're able to do. So having bad luck doesn't mean that skill doesn't play into it. Okay, the final thing is, is sometimes you can stall out the good player, which means uh, Trivial Pursuit is a good example of this. So in Trivial Pursuit, you're trying to get all six uh, wedges. There's six categories. You have to answer trivia questions to get them. Well, once I get five of the six categories, I now, it's harder to get, you know, each piece is harder to get. You know, when I get the first category, there's, there's six spots that get me my piece. Then there's five spots. Then there's four spots. Then there's three spots. In the end, when I want to get my final question, I have to get one particular thing. And so it's just harder for me to do it than people earlier on. Um, and that's another way to do it where just the tasks that you're having people do get slightly harder as you go along. So the guy near the end has a harder task than the person near the beginning. Um, and once again, that's just, like I said, um, there's a lot of different ways to build in the catch-up feature. That's part of what I'm saying today is it's, you can build a catch-up feature where it's built around randomization. You can build a catch-up feature where there's just moments of skill where one person can get ahead. You can build it around the fact of there, there are moments of vulnerability where, you can get, where just bad things can happen to you. Um, but the crucial thing is, whether you're building up or knocking down, the crucial thing of the catch-up feature is that there is something built into the game that says, hey, guy who's behind or a person, a person who's behind or a person who's ahead, you have hope or you have worry. If you're behind, there's hope that you can do something to be able to get what you need to get. If you're ahead, there's a little bit of worry that you, you're never out of the clear, that you always have to look behind your shoulder, that there's someone trailing you that has the ability to catch up. Now, one of the things to understand is you have to figure out the kind of game you are. You know, that different games are going to use different catch-up features. Are you a more strategy-based game? Are you a game that is, you know, if you're trying to have a high skill level? Well, you want to be careful then. Maybe, maybe your, um, your catch-up feature is more built around giving one player a, a moment of greatness. You know, like I said, Scrabble is a good example where it's not that you can't get unlucky. I can get bad board position. I can draw poor letters. There's things that can happen to me that are bad, but it's not as if it. One of the things to remember, and this is I talked about randomization, is there are things in which you feel like um, your your opponent got lucky, or, or you're you're not getting as lucky as you can be, and others where the game is punishing you. Um, and, like, getting substandard letters or substandard board positions, like, well, my opponent, I'm playing against my opponent, they have some dictation, you know, they dictate somewhat what the board position is. I pull my letters, oh, I got a bad mix of letters, but there's always, like, oh, maybe I can find a way to use them, or maybe I can find some position on the board to take advantage of it. Um, 
So, like I said, it, it's important to understand with your ketchup feature what your game is trying to do because your ketchup feature, it's all, the goal of the ketchup feature is the same in your game, but you are trying to match the mood of your game. Now, if your game has wild swings to it, if that's what it is, um, I'll, I'll use some kids' games that are, if you, if you know me, uh, both Candyland and Shoots and Ladders are not technically games from a pure game standpoint because there's no, there's no decision-making to be made. Um, I, I've talked a lot about sort of how to define games. They're games from a, a dressing standpoint, and obviously uh, I like to think of them as intro games in that they teach kids some element of games because they are trappings of games. Um, but one of the things you'll notice about Candyland and Shoots and Ladders is just huge swings. You know, I can be about to win, and then I get a card that sends me back to Molasses Swamp or you know, Candyland, or I'm playing Shoots and Ladders and, like, I almost have it. Oh, giant shoot, and I go back to the bottom, you know. Um, that kids' games tend to have a lot of variance because kids enjoy the variance of it. And as you get older, there's less variance that goes on. Now, once again... Um, some games like Backgammon do have a lot of variance in it, and part of the fun is trying to deal with the variance of, part of what makes the game skillful is there is high variance and you have to deal with it. Um, other games like, um, Trivia Pursuit, like I said, is, well, the variance is in the questions. Is, do you know the answer to the questions? Yeah, it's a little harder to get the final questions, which helps catch up, but still, in the end, it's like, I win or lose because I'm able to do the questions. So, a catch-up feature shouldn't, you do not want to make the players... This is the flip side of the ketchup feature. You don't want the ketchup feature to make the players feel as if the outcome is random or if to take away hope. You don't want the guy in the first place to go, oh, whatever, I'm in first place, it doesn't matter. You know, you want the guy in the lead to feel happy they're in the lead and feel like they have the edge to win. And you want the guy who's behind to feel like they're behind and they're losing, but there's still a chance. That the ketchup feature is not so supposed to take any you know, skill out of the game. It's not supposed to... to make it seem like the problem with king-making in general is to feel like, oh, I don't have control of this, and the person who has control, they themselves can't win. There's a very helpless feeling there that's frustrating. You know, you want to make sure that people in your game feel invested and feel engaged in your game. And the ketchup feature, and like I said, you have to figure out the kind of game you're making because the kind of ketchup feature will, will mirror that kind of game. Um, like, one of the things in Magic that I really enjoy is... You know, Magic is a very skill-testing game, but there's, there's obviously some variance to it. In fact, you draw off a deck. You draw, you know, I have a deck of cards, but I shuffle them. I don't know the order I'm going to get. And a lot of the fun of Magic is there's some suspense of what order I'm getting things in. I've built my deck. I have answers to things. But, oh, there's a threat. Will I get the answer? I have the answer. Will I be able to get it? And I think a lot of Magic's excitement comes from there's a neat mix between you have built what you needed, but you don't always get what you need in the right order. And a lot of the fun of magic is adapting. It's going, well, I don't quite have what I need, but let's see if I can use what I have to get the, the task done at hand. And I think uh, a good catch-up feature helps build that in. You know, one of the things that I think makes for a good game is that things don't always go the way you plan, but that there is, there is stuff you can think ahead to and stuff you can think about that will help keep you invested and keep you keep you engaged the entire game. Um, like I said, I, I call it the catch-up feature, but in some ways, you could call this engagement or investment that really what this whole category is is you want your player for the entire length of the game to feel as if they are part of the game they are playing, that they are not removed from it, and that one of the biggest problems is the second your player feels removed from the game, they feel like disconnected from it, 
that's they start losing interest in the game. And that you have to make sure that all players at all time, even if... And remember, only, in most games, there's games that differ from this. In most games, only one person can win. Only one person actually at the end of the game goes, I won. But you want everybody playing your game to feel invested in the game. That one of the things about a good game is, even when you lose, you feel that you were part of the game and it was exciting. And like one of the things, for example, is, it's like at the end of a great game of Magic... You know, or the end of any great game, it doesn't even magic, where you're like, I lost, but oh, that was an amazing game. Oh, there were swings and the cool things, and I, and, and you want someone ending the game to feel like, you know, that they, there was a chance that, that oh, if just something had gone a little bit different, you know, they, they, they maybe they could. Because when the game ends, and I, I mentioned this before, if your player doesn't want to play again when your game ends, you are doomed. You want your player ending your game going, that was fun. When can we play again? And part of that is, if they feel hopeless, the game will end, and that's not a good feeling. That's not a feeling they want to recreate. Man, that game felt hopeless. When can I play that hopeless feeling game again? You know, and that, the trick, and what the catch-up, the, 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 the brilliance of a good catch-up feature is that everybody feels like they could have won, that they had a chance, that if things were a little differently, the game could have swung their way. And even though they lost, Man, it was close. They were in it. There was a chance. Because when that game ends, like, when they feel like they almost won, and like, things could have been a little differently, then they want to play again. If they feel like it was hopeless, and there was no chance, that doesn't make them want to play again. And so make sure that you use your game to create the latter, and not the, the, you know, the former. Make them feel as if there was exciting things that could happen, that there was a moment wh- where they could have been the victor, rather than there's nothing they could have done, and it was all hopeless. Anyway, I've just parked in my parking space, so we all know what that means. It means it's time to end my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. Talk to you guys soon.